modern workplace is awash with policies, procedures, initiatives and subcommittees. A new language has been born that promotes optimistic incomprehensibility as the driving force of the new age of the organisation. Get with the jargon or get out. But have you ever thought that office life could prove fatal? The Disciplinary Process She had come in early because there was a backlog and she hated being behind. She was able to get a lot done in the morning before the others arrived. It was easier to concentrate when the office was quiet. Soon there would be the clang and the clatter of phones and gossip and the tapping of keyboards and whispers and jokes and the cacophony of office noise. Other people could fawn and scheme and send incriminating emails and put in grievances, but not her. She didn't relish entanglement in office politics. That was not to say that she kept herself aloof. She was friendly and more than willing to go for a drink after work or to take part in the activities that were arranged to boost the morale of staff. Ah, there you are. Good. The team leader spoke from somewhere behind her. She was startled and turned around quickly. Sorry, didn't mean to scare you. Are you all right? She said she was. She said she was in early to catch up. That's good. Would you have time for a quick word in my office? It was a slightly strange request, given that there was nobody else there. Surely a quick word could just as easily be had where he stood. But she didn't argue, and followed him into his office. Already sitting there at the desk, spinning a pen with his fingers and staring out of the window, was the divisional manager. The team leader beckoned her to sit down and poured a cup of coffee that had been freshly made from the cafetiere that stood on the small table. How do you take it? Just milk, please. He poured in a drop of milk, sat back in his chair and smiled. He made no effort to pour a cup for himself or for the other man. The divisional manager stopped staring out of the window and turned to regard her, but it was the team leader who spoke first. Just a quick word. She looked from one to the other. Neither seemed keen to elaborate. Would you say things have been going according to plan lately? The team leader made a steeple shape with his hands and softly tapped the tops of his fingers together. She didn't really know what to say. Yes, I think everything is going well. Wouldn't you agree? It was the turn of the divisional manager to make a comment. Well, possibly. Going well, to a certain extent, yes. But only to a certain extent. He drew a deep breath and continued. The pace of change in this line of work is considerable. Our priorities shift as the demands on us alter. We have to be proactive. We have to anticipate and come up with adjusted strategies accordingly. The divisional manager looked at the team leader, who realised that it was up to him to explain further. The team leader cleared his throat and went on. Yes, it's a question of thinking several moves ahead, so to speak. We need to develop a flexible awareness that caters for all contingencies. We can't afford to get bogged down in the minutiae of the present. The divisional manager seemed pleased with this comment. He leaned forward and put his elbows on the desk. We wouldn't want you to think that we are displeased with your overall performance. We're not. In fact, we value your contribution to the division. We really do. Yes, absolutely we do. However, we think we should, in all fairness, draw your attention to the complexities of forecasting and the adaptability that will be required if the pressure for more rapid alteration of priorities intensifies. I couldn't have put it better myself. Both men looked at each other and visibly appeared to relax. The team leader raised an eyebrow. 
The divisional manager shook his head. The team leader spoke. Well, thank you. That'll be all for now. Keep up the good work. Do take your coffee with you. Somewhat dazed, she stood up and left the room. She walked back to her desk and sat down. She really had no idea at all what on earth had been the point of that brief meeting. Apart from that one incident, it went on to become an unremarkable week. She went round to her mother's house on Thursday evening, as usual, and made sure that she had enough food for the week to come. Her mother wasn't one for much conversation. She always inquired after her daughter's health and well-being, but then they had a cup of tea and remained in silence, apart from the odd observation about weather. She went out to the cinema with her friend Beatrice at the weekend. She liked Beatrice, who was a person she could confide in if anything untoward happened to her, or she was worried about something. They usually went for a bite to eat afterwards to discuss the film. She always enjoyed that, teasing out the meaning of what they had just seen together. It was good to spend time with Beatrice, because her sunny outlook always made her friend feel better about herself and her own situation. When she returned to work on Monday morning, she had long forgotten about her strange meeting of the previous week. However, towards the middle of the afternoon, the team leader approached her and asked her to pop into his office when she had the chance. Later she knocked on his door and was ushered in with a rather too loud beckoning. There he sat, arms folded, staring at her. Please take the letter and peruse it at your leisure. She looked on the desk and found an envelope with her name on it. That will be all. Somewhat startled by his brusque manner, she picked up the letter and left the office. She hadn't said a word. She reprimanded herself for not asking him what all this was about. She was, she was quite certain, by far the most efficient employee on her floor, which was why the suggestions made last week about her supposed inflexibility or difficulty adapting to new challenges had come as such a shock. She gathered her things and left the office making sure she smiled at everyone she passed, wishing them a good evening. She made her way home, clutching the envelope tightly in her fist. When she arrived, it was creased and frayed. But she wanted to open it in the comfort of her own home, not in a public space. This letter is issued in line with the company's disciplinary policy. A written warning will remain on your file for the period of one year, after the expiry of which it may be removed, depending on the outcome of a performance review. The warning is issued because of your lack of compliance with the recommendations of a verbal warning delivered previously. The organisation requires increased commitment to its strategy of flexible adjustment. All employees must demonstrate enhanced calibration of productivity in line with the forward plan. Any staff unable to evidence quality enrichment prerogatives on their personal development chart will be subject to milestone checkpoints by way of the disciplinary process. We are pleased to be able to give you the opportunity to re-engage with our Champions of Adherence programme, which will enable you to address the issues raised above. Our new disciplinary process aims for a rapid turnaround of attitudinal fallback, and we look forward to your immediate concordance. She was stunned by the language of the letter, which she felt was near to incomprehensible. She was good at keeping herself up to date with developments in the organisation, but no one had ever mentioned calibration of productivity or quality enrichment prerogatives. What on earth was going on, and why had she been singled out for this treatment? After the initial shock faded, she began to feel angry. She could have understood a reprimand when it actually related to something real, but this amorphous displeasure, with what, with her attitudinal fallback, that was so much harder to fathom. No, she would not put up with this. She was determined to get things out in the open. The following day, as she made her way into work, she was nervous, but her nervousness was countered by a sense of outrage. 
Many people hate their work. They just cling on until the day ends, and they can slink away to nurse their wounds. But that had not been her experience. She was proud of her achievements and looked forward to the working day. Was she about to jeopardise all that by making a fuss? She knocked and opened the door. The team leader was sitting at his desk, doodling at a piece of paper with his gold pen. And, by some great good fortune, the divisional manager was also there, standing at the window, his eyes looking out over the city, lost in contemplation, no doubt, of the labyrinthine intricacies of quality improvement. Now was her chance, and she seized it with both hands. I am shocked and disappointed that the management of this organisation, for which I have worked hard for many years, has resorted to issuing me with incomprehensible letters about my performance, and has summoned me to meetings where it has been insinuated, but never clearly explained, that I am somehow failing in my role and not meeting expected standards. I refute the allegations, if indeed they are real allegations, and I challenge you to produce some evidence that my work is unacceptable. Do I make myself clear? Silence reigned. The team leader stared at the table, and the divisional manager stared out of the window. The team leader opened his mouth to speak, but thought better of it. The divisional manager closed his eyes and clenched his fists. Eventually he spoke. Let me be the first to congratulate you. We are, and may I say, we have been for some time greatly admiring of your, well, of your integrity. Wouldn't you say integrity, Michael? I most certainly would. Integrity is the very word I'd use. Yes, and it is necessary, awkward certainly, but still necessary to test those whom we feel may be capable of being in the vanguard of our new organisational philosophy. Could be, if invited, to be in the vanguard, at the forefront, at the cutting edge. Is that right, Michael? Absolutely. We feel that you have now given us sufficient evidence for us to feel confident that any investment in your leadership potential has a return projection that is positive. We are pleased to announce that our deep scrutiny pilot project has confirmed our initial thoughts, and you are exactly the person that we hoped you might be. As such, we'd like to invite you to carry on. That's absolutely correct. We reaffirm our placement credibility approbation. You're certainly the right person to be doing the job that you're doing. No one we've aptitude scanned is more fitted to the maximum flexibility continuity schedule than you are, and we'd like to offer our thanks. She stood there, dazed, not knowing what to say. Thank you, that will be all. Thank you indeed, thank you so much. She looked around the room once more. She looked at the divisional manager, who had an air of smug, omniscient condescension. She looked at the team leader, who was staring out of the window. What was she to make of it all? There was nothing more to say. She needed to go and gather her thoughts. The rest of the day was very quiet. She completed her tasks and prepared to leave. She watched her colleagues finishing up. She wondered what they really thought of the organisation for which they worked. You don't exactly develop a faith in your employer, but you begin to understand its way of doing things, what motivates its leaders, what the whole purpose of the organisation is. But now she felt cast adrift. She had no idea what was going to happen next, and she couldn't work out why anything that had happened had happened. Did anyone else feel this way? Had anyone else been subjected to the bizarre events she had just experienced? She wanted to ask someone, but felt that it would be awkward to inquire about whether or not someone else had been subject to the disciplinary process. Instead, she told Beatrice all about it. Beatrice said it was probably just some new management school fad, and that she had been chosen as a guinea pig. If other people had been going through the same thing, then surely office gossip would have revealed all by now. This did seem a logical conclusion 
but still she felt very uneasy about the whole thing. Weeks passed, and she began to relax back into the established pattern. She worked hard. Everyone seemed happy with her. The team leader squeezed her shoulder and tapped her knee. He smiled occasionally on his way around the floor and didn't say anything at all. Life went on. She saw Beatrice, she saw her mother. She realised that she was someone who was content with a contained existence without too much incident. She was happy. Several months later, she found a letter on her desk. Work had been so uneventful that she didn't think twice about opening it there and then. Her face fell and her heart started pounding when she read the following. This letter is issued in line with the company's disciplinary policy. You are invited to a final hearing to consider the outcome of an investigation into your performance. This follows the verbal and written warnings that you have already received and which remain on your file. This letter is issued because of your lack of compliance with the recommendations of the written warning delivered previously. Dismissal is a possible outcome from this hearing. The hearing was set for the following day. Beatrice was away on holiday. She could think of no one else who might help her or accompany her to the hearing. She suddenly felt tired and emotional. She tried to summon up the anger that had served her well before, except now she wondered whether it had or not. She had been congratulated, but clearly they hadn't been telling her the truth. She decided that she had no option but to go and see the team leader. She got up and walked nervously towards his office. She knocked at the door but received no reply. She tried the handle and opened the door. There was no one in the office. Although she noticed that the desk which had been there before was gone, replaced by two treadmills, each with a laptop computer lying on a fitted support at chest height. She closed the door and went back to the open-plan office. She asked around, but no one seemed to know where either manager was. She had never left work early before, but she really needed some time to gather her thoughts. So she quickly collected her belongings and headed for the exit. She didn't want to go home, so she went for a walk down by the river. She was a hard worker, and she had completed every task that the business had asked of her. She had no idea why this was happening, but what was she supposed to do? The following day, she sat in the team leader's office. He was standing on one of the treadmills with his laptop open, and the divisional manager was doing exactly the same on the other treadmill. The treadmills were set at a low speed so that the managers could walk and talk at the same time. Between them sat a woman. She was introduced as Belinda from HR. She never uttered a word. We're extremely disappointed, aren't we, Michael? We are so very disappointed. We had such high hopes, very high. But now they've been dashed against the rocks below. I couldn't have put it better myself, Michael. What do you have to say for yourself? She thought for a minute and then spoke. I resign with immediate effect. She stood up and left the room. She could hear the divisional manager shouting after her, You can't do that! You have to complete the disciplinary process! Isn't that right, Michael? Absolutely! The process must be completed! Tears of rage and frustration welled up inside her. She cleared her desk and ran for the exit. She did not look back. When she got home, she lay down in her room and pulled the curtains. She stayed that way for hours. She had salvaged her pride, but she had lost her job. She could manage for a little while because she had some savings put away, but she was in no position to retire. Beatrice returned from holiday and comforted her. She assured her that she had done the right thing, and she advised her to take a few weeks off to let things settle, and then she would help her with applications for a new job. A letter arrived from the organisation she had just left. This letter is issued in line with the company's disciplinary policy. As a result of your failure to comply with the disciplinary process, the company has no option but to seek to recoup the overpayment made to you. It is company policy that all wages, salaries, expenses paid, while an employee is subject to the disciplinary process, are contingent upon that employee completing said process.
In your case, this has not happened, and therefore the last six months of your salary must be considered an overpayment. Please complete the debit slip below within 10 working days of receipt of this letter for a 15% discount. Failure to do so will result in the full amount being recovered, plus fees incurred. If, however, you agree to complete the disciplinary process, then the recovery plan outlined will be suspended. Please contact your team leader on the number above. It seemed that they weren't content to let her resign. They were going to keep up the humiliation and the pain. Once again, she tried her best to fathom the motive behind such action. Surely it was more expensive to pursue and harry her than just to accept that she had gone and find a replacement. There was no way that she was going to return to that organisation and to allow those two prize idiots to shower her with any more of their revolting drivel. She had done her time. Perhaps it was all a bluff anyway. Perhaps they were just going through the motions. However, it would be prudent to seek some advice about what to do. A few days later she was sitting in consultation with a solicitor, and Beatrice was with her. The solicitor said that, unfortunately, the company was well within its rights. Her employment contract had certain sub-clauses which enabled the organisation to amend payment arrangements periodically. The upshot of all this was that she would be deemed by a court to be liable for the repayment. The solicitor drew her attention to the offer to complete the disciplinary process, and said that he understood her reluctance but that this appeared to be the only way to avoid, or at least possibly avoid, having to pay back six months' salary. Obviously, this was not the news she was hoping for, but it was his duty to be honest and clear. Beatrice helped her to pay for the consultation. She settled up, and then she went for a meal with her friend, although she didn't feel much like eating. But spending time with Beatrice always made even the worst news bearable. She told her friend that despite the solicitor's advice, there were times when pride, although it might well come before a fall, was simply too precious to give up. Follow-up letters came from the organisation, each one insisting that the disciplinary process had not been completed and that there were monies owing. A court summons came, and when she did not attend court, a bailiff's letter arrived. Eventually, she had to let bailiffs take away her electrical goods and her furniture. She made do with some second-hand chairs and a bed which Beatrice had helped her to source. However, she had become hardened in her resistance to the injustice, and this enabled her to bear it stoically. She applied for several jobs, and she was called to interview. On the day that she was about to leave for her interview, she received another letter from the organisation for which she used to work. This letter is issued in line with the company's disciplinary policy. As a result of your failure to comply with the disciplinary process, the company has no option but to terminate your contract. Despite the successful recouping of monies owed, the company does not consider the disciplinary process to be complete until the contract is terminated. The offer is still open for you to attend a reconvened disciplinary hearing. She tore up this letter and put it in the bin. She went out to her interview and was successful. She accepted the offer of a post and explained straight away about what had happened with her previous employer and the difficulty there might be in obtaining a reference. She was told that this was not a problem and that they would accept the one reference from the employment before that. She was delighted and went to celebrate with Beatrice. Two weeks later, she was ready for her first day at her new job. She got up early to prepare herself. As she was finishing her breakfast, there was a knock at the front door. She answered to find a man in a black balaclava pointing a gun at her head. The disciplinary process is now complete, he said. He then shot her three times in the face and departed. Thank you.